Thanks be to God, we have a Savior. Let's uh, give our God our expression of praise through applause. Thanks be to Him. Gracias al Señor por su bondad a nosotros. I invite you to sit. Les invito a sentarse unless you are a boy or a girl from ages three to fifth grade. We're going to send you out for children in worship time. It's going to be a wonderful time. You're going to be learning from God's word. We bless you. Boys and girls, queremos bendecir a los niños y enviarles al tiempo de niños en adoración, niños en alabanza para los hasta quinto grado que van a estar juntos. I'm going to invite you also to have Bibles ready. And in fact, uh, given the track record of our projection, I'm going to make uh, just kind of a judgment call here. And I'm going to say, let's turn that off, okay? I don't want this to be a distraction. I don't want anything to distract us from God's word and from what he has to say to us. And so I invite you to get Bibles. We have them in the back. Tenemos Biblias atrás. And uh, we're going to be opening up here in just a few minutes. I'll try to guide you to where we're, we're going to be in the scriptures. Les voy a guiar. But I want to kind of recap where we've been. For the past few weeks, we've been in a series of messages where we're talking about next steps. Estamos hablando de los siguientes pasos en nuestra fe. So we're talking about some of the key moves that we are to make as we follow Jesus in the journey of, uh, of faith with him and how to do that. And, and so that's what we've been talking about. Now, here's the thing uh, I think we, we want to just kind of understand. Every person, I think you can say, has a very unique path with Jesus. We follow him on a unique path. Cada persona tiene, tiene una senda única con Jesús. And yet, at the same time, I think we can also find from Scripture that there is a definite progression, that there is kind of a sequence that God takes us through, that Jesus takes us through as we head out into the deeper waters of a spiritual journey with him. Sin embargo, hay una progresión definitiva al, al entrar en una trayectoria con Jesús. And so we've been trying to get our hands around that a little bit over the last few weeks. And a couple of weeks ago, or actually the first two weeks of this series, uh, we were talking about uh, some of the early steps in the journey. Estábamos hablando de los primeros pasos al principio. And I think two words that could really summarize some of our basic first steps with Jesus are the words repent and believe. Arrepentirse y creer. So keep those two words in mind. I want to break them down for you. To repent really means to change the path you're on. You're on your own path, but now you're going to go on this path with Jesus. Arrepentirse es cambiar de senda para seguir a Jesús. It's, it's about letting go of your own way. It's about letting go of, of our own thoughts, our own lowly, sinful thoughts and ways. Se trata de dejar nuestros caminos y pensamientos pecaminosos, and it's getting on a different road and beginning to grow into the higher ways and the higher thoughts of Jesus and what it means to be a person that's following him. Se trata de seguir los pensamientos más altos de Jesús. And so as we repent, as we turn on to the Jesus path and we're growing in that, he also calls us to believe. Nos llama a creer. He calls us to, to not just think about him and agree with him, but to lean on him, to lean into him, 
to depend on him. No llama a confiar en él. In effect, he's, he's calling us to, to trust that he knows how to lead us into the good life, the abundant life, way better than we do. Nos, ya, nos, nos invita a una mejor vida que nosotros no podemos conseguir. And so repenting and believing is how we begin to get on this road. But here's the thing. This is also something we're doing continually. As we go on the journey, we're continually repenting, continually believing, continually changing our mindset and trusting in him as we're, we're growing in increased reliance on Jesus and less reliance on ourselves. The world says, believe in yourself. And I say, poppycock, you're going to go off the cliff. Believe in Jesus. Lean on him. Tenemos que depender de Jesús y no de nosotros. So as we're repenting, as we're believing, as Jesus is beginning to kind of reprogram our lives and our heads and our hearts, it's also important for us to wait and to pay attention to what he's doing. A reprogramarnos, Jesús nos llama a prestar atención a él, a esperarlo. And we talked about that a little bit last week. How, you know, as we're in this journey, there can be times where we kind of begin to get the hang of it. And we say, oh, okay, I've got this. I know what I'm doing. Okay. And then we just launch off to do things or to serve God without rhyme or reason. And we leave Jesus off to the side and we're veering off the path. We're on a reckless path. Al arrepentirnos y creer también queremos eh, a veces hacer cosas a nuestra manera y salimos de la senda. And that's when we need to wait and pay attention and get back on the path. And that's where we talked about last week the story of Balaam. And we learn from that story that God can even use a donkey. He can use anything to serve him. Dios puede hasta usar un burro para servirle. Aprendimos de la historia de Balaam. And so if we think we're that important, that God needs our service, we need to check again, change our mindset, because what he wants more than our service is our complete undivided attention. Él quiere nuestra atención. So it's with all of that kind of background then that today we're going to be launching in and we're going to be starting to look at some other kinds of steps and those steps we could summarize in just one word. It's the step where we go. Where we go and we're serving in the mission that God has for us. Vamos a hablar de un tipo de pasos que se resumen en la palabra ve. Ve para servir a Dios. And so to help us with that, here's the part where I want to invite you to look at the scriptures with me. We're going to look in the Old Testament. It's the first half of the Bible, 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings comes after 1 and 2 Samuel. It's about in the middle of the first half of the Bible, about a quarter of the way through your Bibles. Primero de Reyes, capítulo 19. As you're turning there, I want to give you again some background. We're, we're learning here about a man, a prophet of God by the name of Elijah. Se trata de Elías, un profeta de Dios. And Elijah in 1 Kings 19 is coming off a great victory. He's just scored a big one for God's team. Elías ha tenido una gran victoria. 
He's defeated 400 prophets of the false god Baal in a great contest on Mount Carmel where he has called down fire from heaven, fire from God to fall on a sacrifice and he showed up these false prophets. Ha derrotado a 400 profetas. Dio falso Baal al clamar a Dios e invitar a fuego que caiga fuego sobre su sacrificio. So this is a high point in Elijah's career, and yet at the same time, it becomes a low point for him. Es un punto cumbre, pero también bajo para él. Why? Because in the wake of that victory, the evil queen of Israel, Queen Jezebel, is after him. She wants to kill him. La reina malvada Jezabel lo quiere matar. And so Elijah, on the wake of his victory, is forced to flee. He literally has to run for the hills to save his life. Él tiene que fugarse a las montañas. And there in the mountains, he hides himself in a little cave, se esconde en una cueva, and he's depressed. He's discouraged. After all those good things happening, he's down. Está deprimido, desanimado. But in 1 Kings 19, God comes to Elijah, and he speaks in a very gentle voice, and Elijah is paying attention. Y Dios le habla en una voz suave. 1 Kings 19.14, uh, God, just before that, says, Elijah, what are you doing here? ¿Qué haces aquí, Elías? And in verse 14, Elijah replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me me consume mi amor por ti, Señor Dios Todopoderoso. Los israelitas han rechazado tu pacto, han derribado tus altares y a tus profetas los han matado a filo de espada. Yo soy el único que ha quedado con vida y ahora quieren matarme a mí también. So basically, Elijah is saying, I'm all by myself. There's no one else to serve God. Yo soy el único aquí para servir a Dios. But God in that moment assures Elijah, he's not alone. He's not the only one. There are at least 7,000 in Israel who have not bowed down before Baal. Dios le asegura que hay 7,000 que no se han inclinado a Baal. And then, God calls Elijah to go. He, in effect, calls him to go and to find one of those 7,000 out there. Le llama a ir y encontrar a uno de esos 7,000. And that's where we come now to 1 Kings 19.19. And here's where the story begins to pick up. So Elijah went from there and he found Elisha. Name sounds similar, but it's different. Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th Hair. Elijah went up to Elisha and threw his cloak around him. Elías salió de allí y encontró a Eliseo, hijo de Safat, que estaba arando. Había doce juntas de bueyes en fila y él mismo conducía la última. Elías pasó junto a Eliseo y arrojó su manto sobre él. So he comes down from the mountain, he goes out into this field, and there's this guy named Elisha, supposedly a young man, and he's plowing a field with a bunch of oxen. Encuentra a Eliseo arando con unos bueyes, and he does something very strange. He takes off his cloak, his outer garment, also known as a mantle, and he puts it on Elisha's shoulders and supposedly just kind of walks off as if nothing had happened. Él pone su manto sobre los hombros de Eliseo y se va. What's going on there? What is that? 
Well, it's a symbolic act. It's an ancient kind of little symbolic thing going on here. Es, es un acto antiguo y simbólico. Basically, without even words, Elijah is saying to young Elisha, I'm appointing you to be my successor. I'm putting the mantle of leadership on you and I'm calling you to take over when I am gone from this earth. Estoy designando mi sucesor para que tengas el manto de liderazgo cuando me vaya. Let's read on, verse 20, versículo 20. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Entonces Eliseo dejó sus bueyes y corrió tras Elías. Permítame usted despedirme de mi padre y de mi madre con un beso, dijo él, y luego lo seguiré. So, as you can imagine, this uh, is quite a career change for Elisha. Right? He's minding his own business, plowing his parents' field, doing his thing. Es un, es un cambio abrupto de carrera. And all of a sudden, God's calling. Time to go. And you can understand his reaction. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute here. Uh, it, it, okay, at least let me go back and say goodbye to everybody. Por lo menos permítame usted que yo vaya a despedirme de mi familia. And Elijah says, what have I done to you? No te lo voy a impedir, dice Elías. Now, this is a kind of a, 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 an interesting phrase. It's hard to understand for us and for some of the translators, but the best understanding is, or at least one understanding that I think makes sense to me is basically Elijah says, forget I even said anything. That's what he's saying. Es como si dijera, olvida lo que acabo de decirte. I'm not going to stand in your way if you want to go back. If you want to go back and you don't want to come with me, then just forget the whole thing. Si no me quieres seguir, olvídalo. But let's see what happens. Verse 21, versículo 21. So Elisha left him and he went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. That's not saying goodbye to mom and dad. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate and then he set out to follow Elijah and become his attendant. Eliseo lo dejó y regresó, tomó su junta de bueyes y lo sacrificó, quemando la madera de la junta, asó la carne y se la dio al pueblo. Y ellos comieron. Luego partió para seguir a Elías y se puso a su servicio. So he does go back, but interestingly enough, we're not told he goes back to say goodbye to mom and dad. He goes back to burn the very symbols of his life. He goes back to break from his past. He goes back to repent. El va no para despedirse, sino para arrepentirse. He burns the oxen that he's just been using to plow the field. He uses the wood of the plow. El quema con la madera del arado, los bueyes, and basically says, I'm done with that path. I'm going to follow you now, Elijah. Te voy a seguir. There's a lesson here, I think, that, that we can look at and learn from Elisha. And that's when God says it's time to go, when God calls us to go and serve, we need to go forward, not backward. Cuando Dios nos llama a servir, hay que seguir adelante y no atrás. 
In Luke 9, 62, Jesus said something, and I wonder, I don't know, but I wonder if maybe he wasn't thinking about this story. And uh, uh, Lucas 9, 62, dice Jesús algo. A lo mejor tiene en mente esa historia. Luke 9, 62, Jesus says, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Nadie que mire atrás después de poner la mano en el arado es apto para el reino de Dios. It's this idea that if you're going to plow, you got to plow ahead. You can't plow behind you. Hay que seguir adelante. If you're plowing ahead, but you're looking behind, you're not going to cr- cut a straight furrow in the ground. You're going to be all over the map. It's not going to be uh, totally straight. Si vas a arar, si mirando atrás, no vas a tener un surco recto. If you're going to follow, go ahead. Elisha had to learn that. And along the way now, as he begins to follow Elijah, there's another thing he learns, and that is this, that he needs to stick to Elijah like glue. Eliseo también aprende que tiene que pegarse, aferrarse a Elías. With that, I'd like to turn the page from 1 Kings to 2 Kings chapter 2. It's just the next book. Vamos a mirar Segundo de Reyes, capítulo 2. And so we fast forward the tape Many years later, Elisha, the young man, has grown up following Elijah. They've been serving together. They've been following God together. Eliseo ha estado con Elías todos estos años. And one day they're walking along. Están caminando un día. And Elijah turns to the young man, Elisha, who's now not a young man. And he basically says to him, what do you want me to do for you before I'm out of here? Before I leave. Eliseo, Elías dice, Eliseo, ¿qué quieres que haga por ti antes de irme? And it's interesting, Elisha immediately has an answer. He says, please let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Que yo herede una porción doble de tu espíritu, dice Eliseo. Now, he's not saying, I want double the spiritual power that you have, man. You're pretty good, but I want to be better. No está diciendo, quiero el doble de tu poder espiritual. What he's saying is, please give me the firstborn son's share of your spiritual power and authority. Que yo tenga la porción del primogénito de tu poder espiritual, de tu autoridad. You see, back then, the firstborn son always got double of what everybody else got. I want, I want the best share of your power and your authority. El primogénito siempre recibía el doble. Él quería la mejor porción. And so we pick it up in, in verse 10. Elijah says, you've asked a pretty difficult thing here, yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. If you stick to me, you'll get it. Otherwise, not. Has pedido algo difícil, le dice Elías, pero si logras verme cuando me separen de tu lado, te será concedido. De lo contrario, no. And again, we don't know how much time lapses, but it says as they're walking along, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there appears from the sky this burning chariot of fire with horses of fire pulling it down, and it comes down. Aparece un carro de fuego con caballos de fuego del cielo, and it comes down, and it sweeps through, picks up Elijah, and whisks him off in a whirlwind to heaven. Lo arrebata Elías y lo lleva al cielo. And there's Elisha, probably, at least I would be, with his mouth open like, oh, what just happened? There's nothing left 
of Elijah except one thing. No se deja ninguna cosa de Elías menos una cosa. It's that coat. It's that mantle that had been thrown on Elisha's shoulders years before. Es el manto. Second Kings 2 verse 13 says Elisha picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan River. Luego Eliseo recogió el manto que se le había caído a Elías y regresó a la orilla del río Jordán. And then he took that cloak from Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asks. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left and he crossed over. Golpeó el agua con el manto, exclamó, ¿Dónde está el Señor, el Dios Elías? En cuanto golpeó el agua, el río se partió en dos y Eliseo cruzó. What's going on here? These are strange ancient stories. What's happened? That mantle of leadership has now come upon Elisha. That, that covering of spiritual power and authority from Elijah is now on him. Ese manto de poder espiritual, de autoridad espiritual está sobre él. But you see, the mantle, the real covering of spiritual power and authority that we're talking about is not found in that cloth, in that coat. El poder no está en el manto en sí. It's not even found in Elijah. It's not just the spirit of Elijah. That coat, that covering, that mantle that is now upon Elisha that is going to enable him to go forward is the covering of the Holy Spirit of the living God. Es el manto del Espíritu Santo, del Dios viviente. So what can we learn? I'm going to ask that question again. What can we learn from these ancient stories? Well, first of all, I think from Elijah we can learn something we can learn that it is important to pay attention to God like he did in the cave, to wait at times and pay attention to the Lord. Como Elías, es importante prestar atención al Señor y esperarlo. But when God calls us to serve, when God calls us to go, he doesn't call us to go alone. Dios no nos llama a ir a servirlo a sol. Elijah thought he was all alone. He was the only one. No one else cared. And God showed him Elisha. We all need someone like that on the journey. There's a second thing that I think we can learn, and we can learn that maybe more from Elisha, algo que podemos aprender de Elisha, de Eliseo. And that is that while there may be times where it seems we are alone, like Elisha was after Elijah went, there are times when it's going to feel like we're the only ones. The truth is we are never alone in serving God. Aunque Eliseo estaba solo, no estaba a solas. We too have a mantle 
If we have trusted in Christ, if we're repenting, we're believing, we're waiting, we're on the Jesus journey, Jesus has given us a mantle. We have a covering. It is the Holy Spirit of the living God. Tenemos el manto del Espíritu Santo de Dios. And Jesus has given that to us. That's no small thing because we have received this mantle, this covering, this, this power, this authority, this help from someone who is way greater than Elijah. Hemos recibido ese de alguien más grande que Elías. Jesus put his hand to the plow of God's plan for his life. And as I said last week, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He put his hand to the plow and he did not look back. He went forward all the way to the cross. And what did he do on the cross? He died alone for our sins so that we would not be alone. Él murió a solas por nuestros pecados. Jesus broke new ground. He plowed new ground in our relationship with God and opened up the way for us to have this path, this communication with God. El abrió nuevo terreno con nuestra relación con Dios. He rose again from the dead to give us new life. And here's the kicker. He also was taken up into heaven. He ascended into heaven just like Elijah. But he's done something way better. He's given us the firstborn son's share of the Holy Spirit. Nos ha dado la parte del primogénito del Espíritu Santo. The Holy Spirit, he says, will be with you. When I leave you, I'll send another counselor to you, the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever. El Espíritu Santo estará con ustedes siempre. The Holy Spirit, for those who trust in Jesus, who are on the Jesus journey, the Holy Spirit is our covering, our mantle. And that's what empowers you and me to go out and serve. And so as we serve, we need to pay attention to Jesus so that we can then pay attention to people. Prestamos atención a Jesús para prestar atención a las personas. We pay attention to people not just to serve them, but to serve with them. Servimos con las personas también. And so here's something that I think we, we, we don't often understand is that we, we are not lone rangers when it comes to this journey and we're especially not lone rangers in serving God. No somos llaneros solitarios en, en el servicio de Dios. I don't even remember where I read it, but a couple, last couple of weeks I, I, I read this phrase that, that stopped me, and I know it's true, but it just the way it was said, it, it made me think in a new way. This person writing basically said, we need to remember that the basic unit of service that God works with in the world is not the individual believer. No somos la unidad básica con la que Dios trabaja en el mundo, el individuo. So it's not just me and Jesus. And where's Jesus? Oh, he's gone. That's not the basic unit that God works with to show up in the world. The basic unit of service that God uses to serve his purpose in the world is the church. It's 
the body of Christ. It's us together. With Christians throughout the world, la unidad de servicio es la iglesia, el cuerpo de Cristo. We are a part of God's plan together. And so Christ is the head of that body. And in Ephesians 4.16, the Bible says this. Ephesians 4.16, it says, From him, that is from Christ the head, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Por su acción, todo el cuerpo crece y se edifica en amor sostenido y ajustado por todos los ligamentos según la actividad propia de cada miembro. So, the basic way that God shows up in the world is not just through my body. My body is not the, the, the incarnation of God's presence in the world. Mi cuerpo no es la presencia de Dios en el mundo. It's the body of Christ that is God showing up in the world. Es el cuerpo de Cristo. Now, I'm a part of that body. I'm a supporting ligament. But so are you. You're a supporting ligament if you have trusted in Christ and you're on this journey. También tú eres un ligamento que ajusta y apoya. And we're called to work and build each other up in love as each part does its work. What that means is that we're not called to go and serve alone and we're not called to go it alone in the Christian journey. No somos llamados a estar solitos y solitarios en la trayectoria cristiana. Now that may not seem important to us, but let me tell you that is life and death for a lot of people in our world right now. Eso es vida y muerte para algunos en nuestro mundo. We're not so aware of it. We're insulated from it here. But we need to understand that there are other Christians in the world in countries like China, North Korea, Turkey, Algeria, Iran, who are under intense opposition and even physical persecution because of their faith. And many times they are going it alone. And they feel all by themselves, like there's nobody else that cares, like nobody else is going with them. They're like Elijah. Hay cristianos en otro país, en Irán, en Corea del Norte, en China, en otros países que sufren mucha oposición y persecución. And we have an opportunity to help them to know they're part of the body of Christ. It may not be a big deal to you or me gathered in this room, but it's a big deal to them. I want to turn off our live cast right now, and I want to show you a video from one of those persons who lives in a country. I can't even say the name of the country. I'm not even going to say the gender of the person. They, we asked that person, what do you need so that you don't feel alone? What matters to you? Vamos a ver un video de una persona de un país perseguido. Let's just take a moment to take in this video and we'll hope the technology will work.
So we'll be hearing more next week from, from this person. Vamos a escuchar más la semana que viene. I want to just pause and ask you a question. What's your next step? ¿Cuál es tu próximo paso? It's an open question. It's really the question coming out of this whole series that I hope we'll begin to ask each other a lot around here. That it would actually become a part of our culture, our way of life at sunrise, that we come to one another with that question. Yo espero que podamos hacer esa pregunta libremente aquí en esta iglesia, that at any time, any place, not just on Sunday morning, during the week, whenever we interact, that we have a free license to ask that question, hey, what's your next step? ¿Cuál es su siguiente paso? Now, that can sometimes be hard to answer. But what I'm hoping is that we can begin to help each other figure that out. So we can serve together. Queremos ayudarnos unos a otros con esa pregunta para poder servir juntos. In fact, one of the next steps that I want to invite you to is in a couple of Sundays on November 10. After worship, we're going to provide a time, a very informal but important time. I don't know what to call it, so for lack of a better term, I'm going to call it a next steps gathering or a next steps forum. And basically, we're going to spend some time with our church elders. We have uh, uh, men here that want to get with you and others, that uh, women as well, that can help us. But we want to get next to you and say, what's your next step? Queremos hablar con ustedes, discernir cuál es su siguiente paso. Maybe you're at a point of, uh, I just need to turn around my life. I need to repent. I need to believe in Jesus. Necesito arrepentirme, creer en Jesús. A lo mejor es el próximo paso. Maybe it's a place of, I don't know. I got to wait on God. I got to figure it out. Would you pray with me? Tengo que esperar a Dios. It might be a big next step. Like, I know I need to take that step of, of trusting in Christ and being baptized, professing publicly my faith, but I'm scared. I don't know how to do that. Would you help me? Puede ser un paso de bautizarse. Or it could be like, ah, I can't wait to be baptized. Would you help me? It might be, I want to serve, but I'm not sure where. I want to be a mission partner, a committed mission partner at sunrise. Would you help me? Quiero ser un compañero de misión. There are a lot of steps, big steps, micro steps. We would like to, to get a conversation going with as many of you as possible. We invite you in a couple Sundays, and I, I hope it won't be the only time That's what I'm after every single Sunday when we gather. As I share God's word, uh, you know, one of my hopes is that there's always a next step for you. Espero que siempre hay un próximo, hay un próximo paso. Here's another next step. Today at four o'clock, uh, we have a gathering in our city called Tulare United. Hay una, uh, un servicio en nuestra, en nuestro, uh, en nuestra ciudad hoy. Tulare United is Christians from all different places in our city coming together. We're going to be meeting at Living Christ Church. That's up on M Street off the freeway there, M and Cartmill. Uh, vamos a estar en la iglesia de Living Christ en M a Cartmill. And four o'clock, we're going to come together and remind ourselves we're not the only game in town. We are a part of a larger group of people who are part of the body of Christ, who are part of a larger group in, in the world. And that's a good thing. So I invite you to take that next step. Be with us at four. So there's a lot, a lot to, to ponder, and I need some help. You need some help. So I'm going to invite right now, I'm going to invite 
one of our elders, Cody, to come on up and to pray for all of us here as we think about this message and the gift we have in that covering of the Holy Spirit upon us to serve. Please pray for us, Cody.